in First uh, Samuel chapter 15. Um, verse 23 says, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity as idolatry. Because you have rejected the word of the Lord, he also has rejected you from being king. Now, I'm not going to do the other part, but I believe there's somebody here tonight that God is asking you to do something. And you're struggling. You need to do it. And as an act of mercy, an act of kindness, whatever it is, you really need to obey the Lord. I read that scripture came to me, and what it is, is you can't go halfway. You go all the way. Saul did his halfway. God rejected it. God is asking you to do something. Whatever that is, you really need to obey him. Amen? That's not the message, but I believe it's God's word for somebody tonight tonight I want to uh, speak on uh, staying in grace it's the grace of God staying in grace and maybe try to change uh, I hope nobody has this concept but to change certain concepts that we have in faith that become problems problems to us in our walk with the Lord. Father, I just ask that you speak tonight and give us wisdom and understanding. In the name of Jesus, we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. There are a lot of things that I've heard as a Christian and for these years they hear Christians say and sometimes I just wonder what is this? Is this really real? And then when you read the scriptures, the scriptures tend to suggest things different. Um, and I don't, I believe that the way we handle the word of God is going to determine how you live your life as a believer. Because you really cannot live outside the word. It's the word that cleanses you. It's the word that establishes you. It's the word that does everything. Everything comes through the word. And when we have a philosophy, a way of thinking that is contrary to the word of God, we walk that way in our faith. So we need to come back to the word of God and be established in the word of God. Now, uh, many times, maybe you've seen this happen. Somebody comes to the Lord and he's excited or she's excited and jumping around and just talking, just really rejoicing. And the older Christians, they say, well, praise the Lord for you. I know it's really exciting, uh, but before long, you are going to calm down and you will be just like us, you know, wasted individuals, right? Sure. <laughs> right? You seen that happen? They're waiting for the guy to come back down to what they call reality. Because very soon he's going to run into some kind of difficulty, some kind of problem that is going to challenge him, her, 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 her and then he'll come to reality and lose that joy and become a stone-faced like the rest of us. <laughs> 
But I wonder if that belief is not what's causing us trouble. You know, when God does something for us, we're wondering, oh, it feels good now. Oh, it feels so good now. Oh, I wish I could keep this for a long time. I mean, it's been there. Uh, you guys are too spiritual yeah, no, right? I hope I can just keep this for a long time uh, how long this is going to last oh lord let it last for a week at least you know? <laughs> it feels good it seems like he's gonna, you're going to lose it and we tend to think that way and guess what before long you come back to what they call reality and you're back stone faced like the rest of them and waiting for another outpouring from God right so that you can rejoice again and then wonder when that's going to go when I read the scriptures I don't find that I don't find that and I think we really need to change the way we think we need to change the way we think when Jesus comes into a person's life he is a person. He comes to stay in all his majesty. He says, if you believe in me and you love me and you love my father, he said, I and my father will come and make our dwelling in you. You become his home. That's his residence. He never changes. Amen. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So I don't have to be sometimes up, sometimes down. And you just happen to find me in my down days. Okay. <laughs> and I'm not feeling good right now. I don't think that's the way it should be because the word of God doesn't tell us that. Now, remember Jesus, uh, was going to, um, he was living uh, Jerusalem and he was on his way to Galilee and uh, and uh, he had to go through Sychar, had to go through Samaria and he met a woman uh, that came in the noonday to fetch water, I mean you remember that story in John chapter 4 I'd like to start from that scripture today and show you something that we should think about and when we're thinking about the things that God is giving to us, what God gives to you, and, and, and what you've received from the Lord. In John chapter 4, verse 13, Jesus was speaking to the woman. He uh, says, whoever drinks of this water, Jesus was talking about the water that he was going to give to this lady. That's being born again. She wasn't born again. She was searching for something. She has searched all her life. She's had so many husbands. She got the first one, thought that that would complete her life. He didn't do it. She, she threw him out and got, and got another one, and that didn't do it. And uh, finally, she met with Jesus, and uh, Jesus started talking to her about giving him water. And you know, the woman argued, that's a strange thing sir, because you are a Jew and Jews don't even talk to Samaritans. Talk more of asking for water to drink. This is unusual. What kind of man are you? You are a Jew. And Jesus said, well, you know, if you know who's talking to you and you know the grace of God, you would have reversed it you would have asked for water from him. And the woman said, you don't have a bucket, you can't get water. You're asking me for water, you, you, don't, you can't draw water. 
And Jesus started saying to her in this scripture, whoever drinks of this water, he said, the water you drink, if you drink, you thirst again. But the water that I gave, he says, whoever drinks of this water will not thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. Whoever drinks of your water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into 2010. Right? (laughs) The water, whoever receives the water that Jesus gives, Jesus said will never thirst again whoever receives that water water from him if you receive Jesus you receive the water that's how to receive the water you receive Christ into your life you've been drinking all kinds of water before now but now God is going to give you a special water that is from the throne of God God himself and Jesus said whoever drinks this water will not thirst again will never thirst but the water shall be in him so the water that you receive from Christ will always be there that's what Jesus said that water will be in you and become a fountain amen not like a water stain there and it's going to dry out no that water in you becomes a fountain let God be true and every man a liar. God cannot lie. That water in you becomes a fountain. And it flows from inside of you into everlasting life. And then I started asking the Lord, you know, but you know, Lord, right there tonight, Lord, you know, we sing this song, I thirst for you. Right? I thirst for you. Why then you're saying, whoever drinks will not thirst again. Amen? Why am I then singing, I thirst for you, and desperate for you, when Jesus said, I'm willing to give you the water, and you will not thirst again. But you're claiming your thirst. And it, does, it seems right for us to say that. We're saying, well, I want more of you, right? But God, I believe the Lord says, that's desire, not thirst. I just want more. Amen? It's your desire. But thirst? No. You already got him. You didn't get part of him, right? You got his arm this time. Next time you're going to get his leg, right? <laughs> He's in you. We need to believe that. We need to believe that. That's what changes us. You see, until your thinking lines up with the word of God, you don't have revelation yet. And you'll be a yo-yo Christian. That's not funny, right? Sometimes up, sometimes down. Is there in you forever. That's the son of God. He's there in you forever. He's always there. All we need to do is receive him. And things should change. 
It's a fountain. We don't expect it. We just read scriptures, and I'm talking to myself. We read and we just move along. This is the eternal word of God. This is the word that was in the beginning with God. The same word became flesh and dwelt among us. And Jesus said, we'll be in you. He's in me. I can't be the same. I'm not like the rest of them. You are different. You're a child of God. He lives in you. The world, they haven't accepted him, but you have. If you accept that kind of thinking, then the enemy will harass you for the rest of your life. I don't care who prays for you. You receive your deliverance, get back to your house, and you're still bound again because it comes back. Because you believe, how long am I going to keep my killing? You know, how long am I going to keep my deliverance? And many people lose their healing. They lose their deliverance. Guess what? They're nervous. They can't even sleep. They're wondering, is he still hurting in the morning? You know? Amen. You guys are just too spiritual. <laughs> you know? You're expecting it to come back. How many of you expect that? Expected something to change? Say, so God is blessing you financially. Oh boy, this is wonderful. I wonder when the dry eye spell will come again. You shouldn't be thinking that way. You should go all the way up. Once you think that way, you've opened the door. You shouldn't. Not if you're serving God. And you can. I was telling a few of my brothers and sister, it's been 33 years for me. I I'm not been perfect, but I don't go up and down. I, I you know I just my mind is made up. My mind is made up. Not because I'm a pastor. I just became a pastor some years by a few years back. So that has nothing to do with it. But my mind is made up. People made me fear. You're going to backslide. You're going to backslide. You're going to fall away. I'm not falling away. He lives inside of me. Jesus came into you. That's the son of God. You didn't choose him. He chose you. Jesus said, no one can come to me except the father. My father draws him. That's you so special. He drew you to himself and decided to live inside of you. You are that special. You can't be that kind of a yo-yo person. No. It's just our mindset and what we believe. You're going to come down from these glory days. Before long, you are going to be as sour as the rest of us. That's the way we think. But it shouldn't be that way. John chapter 6 verse 35. And Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall never hunger. I like it when he says it that way. Never. You can take the hunger the way you want. But he who comes to me will never suffer hunger. No hunger. You're filled. And you have come to him. See? I just believe that God wants us to believe his word. See, contrary to what people are giving to us, I'm tired of people quoting songs at me. These songs can come from a man's, a man's spirit. Doesn't mean it's the word of God. 
It's not, it's not evil, it's just from a man's spirit. They are, they are placed in their walk with God, right? That's where it's coming from. I don't have to accept it. I stay with the word of God. I don't want just the feely thing, you know what I mean? Feely thing that lasts one day, tomorrow is gone. The word stays there in you. The feely things, <laughs> you'll be happy today, tomorrow you're back down. I don't want that. <laughs> I think my wife and these guys are having some fun back there. <laughs> Sometimes it's at my expense, you know. That's <laughs> <It's> funny. <laughs> amen. But I like it, amen. <laughs> I am the bread of life. Who, he who comes to me. All you have to do is come. And you know, Jesus is here today. If you feel like there's still a hunger in your life, whatever it is, that you feel like, I need God. I need God to fill this area in my life. Whatever You can come to him today, this very day. The Bible says, now is the accepted time. Today is the day. And get that hunger filled. Jesus said, he who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. He's there for you. You can receive today. That's how good God is. That's why we worship Him as a good God. That's why we praise Him. Because He's so good. He's always good. All the time. God is good. And he who believes in me shall never thirst. So He tells you, not just coming. If you believe in Him, never. He shouldn't thirst. I like the songs, I'm thirsty for you and all of that. But many times I'm singing it and I'm wondering because I know the scripture. Do you understand what I'm saying? I know the scripture. And I wonder sometimes am I contradicting the Lord what he said? Maybe if I tell him that's my desire, I want more of you, that may be different. But uh, he's already in my life. I don't have part of him. He's there. And that's not to criticize the people. I'm just, I, I'm just looking at God's word. You know, and do what is right. You know, what you say matters a lot in life. Your tongue is so important. What you say. You know, I listen to Fred sometimes teaching in a Sunday school. And his mother, you know, he sees his mother. I'll tell him, you can do anything, son. You can do anything. Whatever you want to do, you can do. You, you have the ability. I'm not sure if she knew what she was talking about, but he's talking his head. Those words, those words are so powerful, both in your life and in the life of the one that's hearing it. And we must plant good words in the lives of our children. We must speak words of life upon them. We must, it doesn't matter what they say. If they say your child seems to be a little handicapped, reject it. And begin to declare the word of God over it. Every tongue that rises up against you in judgment, the Bible says you must condemn. That's what the Bible says. We stay with the word of God. So the children will be great. Tell them so they feel great inside. You know, the Bible says if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. Wisdom is not something that is tangible. You understand? You can touch it. But it comes from God. And when, when God gives it to you, in a moment of time, your life is transformed. Why can't he do the same for my child and your child and for you and for me? 
You know, I knew I was going to pastor a church and I didn't have all the training. So I asked him for wisdom. I asked the Lord for wisdom and I believe he has given me wisdom. I believe that very well. I mean, he's there. Because God cannot lie. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask. God says. He says God gives liberally and he does not breed. In other words, he's not going to turn you away. So I went after it. Amen. And I got it. Can you say it with me? I got it? I got it. Come near me, you'll hear the wisdom. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, you guys forgive me, okay? I'm, I'm, I'm in a silly mood tonight. No, yeah. <laughs> Amen. We should have fun in church, right? And you will forgive me, right? Well, you have been commanded to forgive me. You have no choice. <laughs> <laughs> the Lord commanded you to forgive me. <laughs> now the Bible tells us in Romans 11 verse 29. It says, for the gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. The gifts and callings of God, they are irrevocable. Once you lock into Christ and God has come into your life, he's there. If you're feeling otherwise, you're just bought into a lie. You need to reject the feeling. That's why the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Reject it. Because it's the, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Once you come to him and your heart is there, you want to be with him, he's there with you. Whether you feel him or not, he's right there with you. He's always there. Not whether you're good or bad. It's not by works. It's not God doesn't deal with his children according to, well, this guy is very righteous and the other one is not. We got the same righteousness. He's there. His gifts and his calling are irrevocable. If God gave you a gift, if God has used you to do one thing that he had anointed, that thing stays with you. Sometimes the enemy will want to make you think that the gift is gone. No, he's there. When the, time, when the timing is right and the situation is right, it comes right back up again. It's always there. It's when you doubt it, then it seems as if he's gone. No, he's still there. If God has used you in healing one time, he used you another day, he used you anytime. He's always there. If God gives you a gift, he's there. If God is giving you healing, he didn't take it back. He's still there. You just think. Because the enemy has said to you, did God say? And you're feeling, well, I don't know, but, you know, I thought I got anointed and I feel good, but now I feel bad. And he says, you really feel bad. And you say, yeah, I do feel bad. Yeah, the healing is gone. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. They are irrevocable. If God gives you something, he's always there. That's one thing that ministers need to really watch out for. Because a minister who is being used of God, he can be in serious trouble doing crazy things. And people will still be getting saved in his ministry. If he's into healing, God has given him the gifts of healing. He can be in a serious affair and God is still healing people. And sometimes he seems even more. 
So the devil tells him, you know, God really doesn't mind about what you're doing. It's okay. Keep it up until he's destroyed. The gifts and callings of God are irrevocable. You have to watch that. When God gives you a gift, it's always there. That's my point today. This is what I was saying was really negative, but I'm on the positive side. What God has done is good in your life. It's always there. He didn't take it away. If he gave you bread, you got the bread. It's inside of you. So that you'll never hunger. If he gave you to drink, that water is inside of you. Becomes a fountain. It's always there. Otherwise, he lied to us. Right? He can't lie to us. No. He told us the truth. So I remind him. I know you cannot lie. I know I got that fountain in me. He's right there. They can see it, but I know he's in there. God did that for me. I'd like you to check a scripture out for me, with me tonight, uh, just to see how Jesus deals with scripture. Okay? Sometimes we think and we believe that that was the Son of God. So, he was not just a man. The Bible says anyone who believes that Jesus didn't come in the flesh, a real man, right? He has the spirit of the Antichrist. Because he was a real man. And you know, Jesus spoke of himself more often as a man. He says, I am the son of man. Read through the New Testament. He spoke of himself. When he says son of God, that means I'm God. That's why they wanted to stone him. Because they say, you being a man, you say you're son of God. Meaning, the son of a man is a man. The son of God is so they wanted to stone him but he referred to himself more on the earth as the son of man the son of man had nowhere to lay that they may know that the son of man had this authority he was the son of man he wasn't drawing from his heavenly powers he was drawing from his relationship showing us how to relate to God and we can follow the same way and the disciples knew after he left. When you read the Gospels and you go into Acts of the Apostles, it's like a continuation, right? Nothing has changed. It's just that Jesus is not there in person. The same miracles, the same signs, even greater signs. With shadows of Peter healing people in the streets. Jesus never did that, right? We never read of Jesus' shadow healing anybody, right? But Peter's shadow. Aprons taken, just handkerchiefs taken from Paul, sent, they carried somewhere, these things would cause him healing. We never read anything about Jesus that way, right? Because Jesus said, greater signs than this shall they do. Because I'm going back to my Father. I'm going back to the Godhead. And I'm going to be with you. We must believe the scriptures. But I'd like to look, we need to look and see how Jesus dealt with the scriptures. How he walked with God using the scriptures. And since you are so interested, I'll show it to you. Amen. <laughs> Luke uh, chapter 4. 17, uh, verse 17 through 21. We're talking about the anointing. I'm not saying that God cannot increase your anointing. All of those things I really don't understand. I just know to walk with God. 
I tell you the truth. There was a time in my life I didn't see a whole lot of healing. And I didn't feel any different when I saw a lot of healing. It's just the same person. I didn't feel more anointed. It's just the same. I just gained a little bit more understanding in that area. And a willingness to step out without fear. That's what I believe is the difference. I gained a little bit more understanding. And I was willing to step out without fear. And I knew God would do it. And I didn't care what happened. He's just, he's God. He's faithful to his word. Now look at what the Bible says. And he, he, that's Jesus, went into a synagogue. And uh, he, they handed a book of a prophet Isaiah to him. And he says, and when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. We are told that in every synagogue they had a place where they, uh, they had a chair that was supposed to be for the Messiah. And no one sat in that chair. So he was always there in every synagogue. They knew the Messiah was coming and Messiah would sit on that chair. But this was Messiah that day and he read that scripture and he went down and sat on, on that chair. So everybody was looking at him. <laughs> He closed the book, he gave it back to the, and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. And the eyes of all who were in the synagogue were fixed on him. And he began to say to them, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. He was the one. When we read a book, the book that talks about who God has made you in Christ, do you see that scripture fulfilled right there? Do you understand where I'm going? He closed the book. As far as it was concerned, you were looking at the scripture in person. I believe when God gives us promises, we should see those scriptures, we read those scriptures, we should sit down and say, today, that scripture is fulfilled. Right here. Because God cannot lie. Jesus said, as the fathers loved me, even so, love I you. He also says, the same quality of love that the father has for him, he has for us. Do you believe that? Jesus said, The glory, Father, the glory that you've given to me, I have given to them. Would you sit down and say, Father, thank you. This scripture has been fulfilled today. Would you do that? Say, Would you believe that enough to act on it? But Jesus said it. He didn't say he was going to give the glory, right? He said, the Father, he was actually praying to the Father. He says, the glory that you gave to me, 
that was resting on him while he was on earth that made the demons recognize him to be different from the rest of us. He said, that same glory I have given to them. You read the scripture and you say, that's nice. And you move on. Do you sit down and affirm, today this scripture is fulfilled. That's what Jesus did. He, you know, I don't know after, how many times he read that scripture before that particular day. But he was, this is it. You have been anointed of God the same way Jesus was. You got the anointing. When you are baptized with the Holy Spirit, you had the anointing. This was after his baptism. This was after his baptism. You received the Holy Spirit, you are anointed. So all of those things are being fulfilled right there, right there in your life. When Jesus said in that uh, place that the Spirit of the Lord to heal the broken, were broken hearted being healed at that time? No. But he affirmed that scripture is fulfilled. And guess what? Broken hearted people were healed. Captives were set free. But let God be true and every man a liar. How can two walk together? Amos 3, verse 3. Except they be in agreement. You don't believe that you have the glory of Christ in your life. You're not in agreement with him. He said you will never thirst, but you're not in agreement with him. I have to be in agreement with what God says. And by and by, the Bible says we are being transformed from glory to glory. Once you receive the word, there's a transformation it's the word that cleanses us, right? It's the word that transforms us. Every time you look into a word and you believe it and act on it, you are transformed. From glory to glory. From glory to glory. As you open yourself up, the anointing is on your life. Just like it was on the Lord Jesus. Otherwise, it lied to us. Greater things shall they do, right? He who believes in me, Jesus said, the same works that I do, shall he do. Are you a believer? Yes, you are. I know you are. You just haven't thought about that much. And you haven't acted, so you haven't seen some of those works. I'm still praying. I want to see more of it. It's always there in my head. I have to think about it. God, I want to see I don't want to get to heaven and then find out I haven't done everything. And it, it, Well, if you came in here tonight to hear this word, <laughs> you're responsible for the word. Because God told you. Act on it. Act on it. Share the scripture. Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 21 and 22. Now he who establishes us with you in Christ and has anointed us in God who also has sealed us and given us the spirit in our hearts as a guarantee Paul says God has established is establishing has established us he who establishes us is doing that that's myself Paul and you all of us together that Jesus who is, who is establishing us 
and has anointed us. So you are already anointed. And God is establishing you just as he was establishing uh, Paul. But as to whether you are anointed or not, you are. The same anointing is upon your life. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. And it's the anointing that breaks the yoke. It's there. You have the anointing upon your life. First John 2.20 says, But you have an anointing from the Holy One. Where did you get the anointing? From the Holy One. You know, just as David was anointed. Just as Samson was anointed. That same anointing, that same power that is irrevocable is on your life. You just need to recognize it is there. Always there. The anointing is on your life. You have received that anointing from the Holy One. That's from God himself. And you know all things. Now, that doesn't say you know everything that's happening here or not. But I tell you, when it comes to the Word of God, once I hear it, and something goes, I don't know about that. I know it's not right. I know it's not right. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't have to be afraid that somebody's going to lead me into a false doctrine. I just feel like, no, no, it doesn't make sense. And what, do, what it does, it confuses me a little bit, and I know this is not good. It doesn't make me feel good. I know it's not from God. When you hear something that disturbs your spirit, try every spirit. Don't believe everyone because the spirits are not of God. When it's not of God, it disturbs you. You're concerned a little bit. I know this is not God. Usually I will search, but I know this is not God. You know, sometimes Christians don't. This anointing can really help you to walk right with God. So you know when God is speaking to you and when is the enemy trying to deceive you. My sheep, hear my voice. So, First John 2, the same, chapter, the same chapter, verse 26. These things I have written to you concerning those who, are, who try to deceive you. They are trying, but they are not successful. They try to deceive you, but the anointing which you have received from me, from him, from God, abides in you. Notice the word abides in you. When you receive the anointing, he's always there. He's living inside of you. The anointing abides in you. He's there. And you do not need that anyone teach you. He's not saying don't come to church on Wednesday night, right? <laughs> but as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and it's true, and it's not a lie, and just as it has taught you, you will abide in Him. In other words, no one is going to be able to deceive you. Sometimes when we are too analytical in our minds and we're depending on our own understanding, that's when we miss it. Because we become intellectual. I remember Kenneth Hagin was telling this story about how so many people were rushing to a place and they were listening to this guy and he was preaching a real terrible doctrine and everyone was so excited and they came back so excited, Dickens and everybody. And there was this new convert. <laughs> new convert that received the Holy Spirit. She went and sat down and listened to the man. Didn't understand what the guy was saying and refused to go back. He said, why? He said, well, I just don't feel good. 
something is not right. And Kenneth said, he was, she was right, the rest of them were dumb. But those of them had been Christians, they'll tell you for 30 years. They were not listening to their spirit. The anointing that was in them, they were listening to their intellect. That's why he says the anointing is always there. You have the anointing in your life. I'm going to close with this. But it's so important. Sometimes I read these scriptures, you know, about Jesus, and I know he's saying the same thing to us. That's how we believe. And it's very comforting. But he knew, and I should know, because I am his child. And you are his child. Amen? You are. I'd like you to hear what Jesus said. This was in a time of trouble. They were opposing him. People were threatening to stone him and all kinds of things. They were challenging his words and calling him names. And he said this in John chapter 8 verse 29. And he who sent me is with me. The father has not left me alone. For I always do those things that please him. See, he was sure the father was there. The one who sent me, and the Lord has called you, he sent you. He's always there with you. He will never leave you alone. Jesus said that. I will never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He's always there. He's always there. Jesus is with you. His gifts and callings are irrevocable. They are there has nothing to do whether you're good or bad. There are no good Christians, no bad Christians, just Christians. But he who wants to do God's will must make sure the devil doesn't touch you. That's all God requires. He who wants to see the face of the Lord works hard so that the enemy doesn't come into doesn't have an access into your life. That's all we're doing. We don't want the enemy to touch us. Jesus said, the prince of this world comes, but he has nothing in me. That's all I'm wanting to do. I don't want him to have any part of my life. If you call that righteousness, holiness, that's fine. I just don't want him to touch me. So I can be with the Father. But Jesus has promised us, and he cannot lie. I will always be with you. God is always. And Jesus prayed that the Father be one with us always there for us amen would you stand up tonight if I have the time uh, I would like to share you know some things that are so important that we need to watch out for that will make us feel like leaky Christians. You know what I mean? You drink and there's a hole and it's coming out. <laughs> it's not God that's doing it. It's some things that you are either unaware of or you're doing that's causing that to happen and to make you feel that way. And the Bible tells us those things. And as long as we do those things, I know you're curious. One thing to do is to be thankful. Thankfulness. To be thankful to God. If you're not thankful, before long you will be 
going off. You have to be thankful. Read Romans chapter 1. You have to be thankful. You have to be thankful constantly. Thankful for those things that God has placed in you. Philemon 1.6 Acknowledging those things, the good things that God has placed in you. Your faith may become effective because you acknowledge the good things. See, you need to acknowledge that the gifts and callings of God in your life, they are irrevocable. And then you thank Him for every one of those things. Amen? How many will give themselves fully to the Lord tonight? Everybody? You're going to give yourself fully to God? Totally, totally, totally. I pray, would you raise your hand, everyone here today? Raise your hand to the Lord. Father, you see your people tonight. Shed your grace upon them, O God, upon us, Father. Let us experience your glory. I'd like you to say this to him tonight, especially if you are not sure of your place with God. It takes only just a few words from your heart to the Lord. And you are in. Because Jesus said, I stand at the door and I knock. If anyone hears my voice and you open, he will come in. He won't lie. All you have to say is, Lord, I welcome you into my life. And you mean it from your heart. And the Lord will come in. And then you will begin to understand the things of God. A lot of people live their lives and never understand the God that created them. That's not good. So tonight, say with me, Lord God, I open myself to you. I receive you fully into my life to guide me, to lead me, to teach me. I thank you, Father. Lord, I love you. I know that you love me. And I'm grateful. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you.